Hallelujah. So we'll just pray as we get into the word. Just bow your head and close your eyes. Father, we just thank you for your word this morning, Lord God. Father, we just open our hearts to receive from you, Lord God. We just thank you, Lord God, that your word is sharper than any double-edged sword. Father, it's truth from your word that sets us free. So we just thank you for freedom and liberty this morning, Lord God, as the word is preached. And Father, I just acknowledge that without you, I can do nothing, Lord God. I thank you that you speak through my lips, Father, that you think through my thoughts this morning. In the mighty name of Jesus and the church said, Amen. Amen. Alrighty. So kingdom perspective. We're not talking about a Sunday morning perspective, a let's have a good church service perspective. We're talking about a kingdom perspective. And, you know, last week we spoke about how Jesus had such a sense of mission. You know, he was on mission. He said, I know where I come from and I know where I'm going. There was purpose in everything that Jesus did. And he wants his church to have that same purpose, right? Walking with intention. You know, I was at uh, the gym a few days ago and uh, just as I was finishing, there was a whole football team uh, So I walked in, the football team was there and they were just finishing their session and I was like, oh my gosh, this building is absolutely chockers, but they they just finished working out and they're all patting themselves on the back and, you know, there was guys and girls and I just thought, oh, wow, what? There's, There's a lot of power in that. What is that? And it's because they were all focused with one purpose. It's because there was unity there. They were all there to get fit. You know, no one was beating anyone down and I want to be fit. It's, it's, we've all got a united mission. Hallelujah. And that's what the Lord had planned for the church. You know, we don't, get, we don't want to get caught up in things that the Lord's not caught up in, you know, and start picking on pet doctrines and fighting with one another and it's just not why we're here, right? And we just thank God that there is unity in this church. You know, so many different uh, countries are represented here, but we all come in under the banner of the kingdom. And so every now and then we just need to take a step back and have a look. What, Lord, what did you have in mind here? What, what did you have purposed for the church age? And so if we just look up here, uh, I did show this last week. So the Old Testament believers, the prophets, it talks about how the church age was a mystery, It was a mystery hidden in Christ. You know, they saw, they had little glimpses of it, but they didn't really know what the church age was going to look like. And a real distinguished feature of the church age uh, is 1 Peter 1.10. Of this salvation, the prophets have inquired and searched carefully who prophesied of the grace that would come to you. So there's a grace. That's a real distinguishing feature of the church age, that we get to partake of a grace like no other time before. Amen. Who can quote John 3.16? For God... (laughs) Okay, another question. Who can quote John 3.17? For God did not send his own son to be to condemn the world, but that the world may have have to be saved through him. Through him. Hallelujah. 
And so that, well done, Pastor John. Oh, put him on the spot there, didn't I? I'll have to, I'll have to warn you what I'm going to do. <laughs> but see, that tells us what the Lord's intention was, right? That God didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. Amen. So, you know, we're in the favourable day of the Lord. There is a time that uh, the divine judgment of God will be poured out on the earth. But I'm telling you, if you hear messages that talk about that being now, it's not. It's not. That'll come in the tribulation. Hallelujah. We're caught up in the clouds with him. And uh, I'm not going to do too much of a teaching on end times. But I can tell you now, church, that our end is good. Hallelujah. The Bible talks about how we're not appointed to wrath. Yeah. Jesus took our wrath upon himself. So it's good news. So that's what the Lord's up to in this dispensation. Go to the next slide. The favourable day of the Lord. So Jesus is quoting from Isaiah 61 here. And he says, And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he'd opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. And then the last line again tells us, To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Hallelujah, the Amplified says, to proclaim the accepted and acceptable year, the day when salvation and the free favours of God profusely abound. So uh, in your Christian walk, if you're under fear, it's not from the Lord, right? Fear is a spirit and it's from the enemy. Amen, you don't need to fear the wrath of God because it's just not what he's doing. It's like if you step wrong, that's what the cross was for, right? Amen. He's not just forgiven you from what you've done in the past, but the amazing thing about the gospel is that he's, forgi he's, he's forgiven you for what you're going to do in the future. Like, it's almost hard to kind of get your head around. It'd be easier for me to say, you're only forgiven for your past, but as soon as you step on, that's it. <laughs> but it's just not the gospel, right? And so what Jesus was announcing, there was also a jubilee. Who's heard of the jubilee, the year of jubilee? I did a little bit of study into that. It's actually quite a fascinating thing, but it's where they would blast a horn, a continuous sound to introduce the festival. And by the way, who's seen those shofars, the big horns? I always used to think, wow, what are they? That's so weird. Like when someone was having that in church, I'm like, you don't want uh, to have your, you know, your, the person that's never been in church before come in and see that. But actually the more I studied it, I'm like, they were proclaiming freedom. That's what it's about. And so slide three. So this is where the Jubilee was introduced. Leviticus 25.10, it says, And you shall consecrate the 50th year and proclaim freedom. Everyone say freedom. For the slaves throughout the land to all its inhabitants, it shall be a Jubilee, a year of remission for you. And each of you shall return to his own property that was sold to another because of poverty. And each of you shall return to his family from where he was separated by bondage. So this was a massive event for the Israelites. A massive event. It would only happen once every 50 years. 
And so, you know, the impoverished Israelite would look forward to this event because it would only happen once in a lifetime, generally, right? And so there's so many types and shadows in the year of Jubilee that we have in our salvation today with the Lord Jesus. The first one is that all debts were forgiven. So if you owed anyone money, the year of Jubilee, your debt was cancelled. Hallelujah. Doesn't that just speak of what the forgiveness that we have in the Lord? We all had a debt to pay. Amen. But when we came into Christ, there was complete forgiveness. You know, I was thinking about... Uh, when Greg and I were about to get married and um, I had been overseas and how many know that when you go overseas you want to turn your your phone on flight mode or you want to turn data roaming off? Okay, I didn't do that. (laughs) So I went overseas. I was overseas for about five weeks. Just just ignorant, didn't know. I'm calling and calling Greg and just having a great... Calling mum... So I flew back into Australia and got my first Telstra bill. And, you know, this is like 15 years ago, so I don't know. Just Maybe it was common knowledge and I just didn't know. But anyway, I got my first Telstra bill and it was over $4,000. And I was like, <laughs> I'm only early 20s. I'm working at Target. I'm getting $250 a week. And I'm like, how am I going to pay this? I actually, I don't know how I'm going to pay this. And so this is what I ended up doing. I ended up borrowing money from my nana. Yeah, I know. I know. Thanks, nana. So nana borrowed me the money. But uh, when I got married to Greg, Greg said, hey, it's okay. I'll pay it. I'll pay it. It's all good, babe. You know, we're one now. You know, our finance is the one. I'm going to pay your bill. And see, that's such a picture of what God did in Christ, Right? 2 Corinthians 5, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things are gone. Behold, all things have become new. If you're here this morning and you're holding on to your past, I'm telling you the Lord's not. He's just not. Amen. And so the second thing uh, about the year of Jubilee was land. That uh, any land that an Israelite had sold that was originally allotted to them by the Lord, they would return to the land. Another thing that would happen is that the land would rest. Everyone say rest. The rest of God. So there was no formal sowing or reaping, right? They could reap and they could get the produce, but it was only what had been grown in the field just naturally for that year. Amen? Doesn't that just speak of the rest of God that we have in Christ? You know, in the Old Testament, there's so many shadows and types. And it just makes me think of that verse, Matthew eleven twenty eight, And I know you guys know it, but it's come to me, all who are weary and heavily burdened. What's the next part? And I will give you rest. So that's what the Lord was introducing. That's what he was doing. He's like, you're not going to be able to earn this salvation. You just can't. It's given. It's a, it's a gift. Hallelujah, and that's what the gospel is. And so, you know, we as the people of God have got to know what's on offer here, right? We've got to know what the Lord wants to offer the world around us. And so, you know, every other religion, it's man reaching to God. You know, one day, uh, if I do enough, possibly, maybe I might be enough. But the gospel is exactly the opposite of that. It's that it's all been done in Christ Jesus, 
and we say, we humble ourselves and we take that on. We believe in our heart and we say, Jesus, come into my life. And I'm sorry if this is too basic, but sometimes we just need a reminder of actually what the gospel is. Because what the enemy can do is he can get us over into works, right? And it's, it's, there's a lot of hard work there. If it's kind of out of balance, if you feel like you're doing all the work and, you know, Lord, what are you doing? Come back over and step into the flow of grace. You know, I like to think of it, and I think I've used this example before. It's like, if I said to you, can you blow up a balloon and pop it? The process of blowing up a balloon and popping it, right? So you're blowing it up, you're blowing it up, you're blowing it up, and you're feeling lightheaded, and you're nearly there, and then you tie it. Okay, and then you get a pin and you pop it. Who did all the hard work? The one blowing it up, right? And so that's what the Lord made available. Our job is just, thank you, Lord, I receive that. Amen? Hallelujah. But, you know, he gives everyone the choice, right? He gives everyone the choice to be able to choose him. All right, this is important. So next slide. John 17, 15 to 16, it says, I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. Ready? For they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. And so we've got to keep that eternal perspective. Earth, it's actually not our home. And we can get really caught up on, you know, what's going on down here, but we've got to remember that heaven is our home. You know, I used to, um, a little bit of my testimony, a lot of you guys know it, but I grew up in a Christian home and I walked away from the Lord when I was about 16, 17. You know, I always knew that the Lord was good. I never said in my heart, God, you're not real. I deny you. It was none of that. I was just over here pretty much living how I wanted, right? And I would get dreams, and I just feel like this is the Lord's mercy, but, you know, once every few months, I would get a dream that Jesus had come back, and, and I was not walking with the Lord, partying, drinking, real path of destruction, not in a good way, making a mess of pretty much every area of my life, doing it my way. And, uh, but I kept having these dreams and it was like the Lord was coming back. And, you know, in these dreams, it wasn't that I wasn't saved, but it was that I would stand before the Lord and like the parable of the talents, you know, the one that had five doubled it, the one that had two doubled it, the one that had one did nothing. And, and it was like the Lord, he knew, obviously, the call that was on my life and what he was going to have me do. And I seen that and I seen, oh God, okay, I don't want to be the one that buries my talent. Amen. And I say that not in a condemning way. I say that to stir you for good works. Amen. It's, we're not saved by good works. We know that, right? We're saved only by faith in Jesus. Then your salvation is secure. But then we go on for good works just because we love the Lord, right? And in doing so, we build for heaven. You build your heavenly bank account. You know, you might cross paths with someone and the Lord just says, hey, buy him a coffee. Or, you know, give a word of encouragement. Just tell him, hey, Jesus loves you. You know, share your testimony with them. Whatever it's going to look like for you, the Lord sees every little thing, right? 
And it really is building your heavenly bank account, doing it unto him. Uh, 2 Timothy 2.4 says, No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. So really it's just a heart posture. It's not let's just all pack up and go be missionaries, but it's having that heart posture when you're in your job, when you're with your family. You know, Lord, what would you want to say through me right now? Father, how can I love those around me better? that's, That's what it looks like, right? John 6.33. I love this verse. John 6.33. It says, The bread of God is he. Notice it doesn't say the the bread of God is what. It's he. The bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Amen. So it's not a process, it's not a denomination, it's not a religion, it's not a set of rules to follow. It's a man and his name is Jesus. He's the one that we follow in our lives. You know, the moment we stop making it about relationship with him, we really stop partaking of the bread of life because bread just speaks of sustenance and and growth and and joy and and that the thing that keeps us going that's what Jesus was saying he's saying if we we stop partaking of relationship with him you're going to find yourself pretty weak and you know not be able to do a lot amen the joy of the lord is our strength there's such joy walking with him and serving him and you know in the parable of the talents What was said to the people that doubled theirs? It said, enter into the joy of the Lord. Amen. The Bible also says, my commandments aren't burdensome. And you know, when we're walking with him, we're just going to want to talk about him. You know, like Greg's my husband and I obviously do life with him and he'll come up in conversation when I'm talking with people. It's the same as walking with the Lord. You know, when your relationship is close with Jesus... He just comes out in your conversation, yeah? I remember a few years ago, I was uh, at a family gathering and uh, I was the only Christian. And so I thought, awesome, you know, I'll be looking for little opportunities just to say a few things. And uh, I can't even remember what I shared. But anyway, one of my family members said, can you just not say that name? I just don't like hearing that name. And it was because I said the name of Jesus, right? There's so much power in that name. You can say God, everyone's, you know, God a God, whatever, but it's Jesus. There's power in his name. Church, let's not be ashamed of the name of Jesus. Amen. You know, when I'm with someone that's not saved, the enemy would want me to feel awkward about my relationship with God and church, and I guess I am a Christian, but it's like, no, I'm not the weird one. You're the weird one. Why wouldn't you want to walk with the King of glory and have your eternal salvation secure? Amen? Don't let the enemy intimidate you in this area. Hallelujah. Now, I've just put a funny meme up, all right? So here we go. (laughs) You guys might have seen this. (laughs) That is just a joke, but, you know... It kind of goes with what we're talking about. Don't let the enemy silence you in this area. Don't get on top of a table at a family dinner. That's not a good idea. That's obviously just a joke. But we want to let him come out of our heart. Amen? All right. 
I'm going to bring another scripture out. And you guys probably know this one. It's uh, Romans 3.23. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Who knows that scripture? All right? Okay, can I ask you another question? Who actually knows the next verse? I'm kind of doing that this morning. I don't know why, but <laughs> who knows the next verse? Does anyone know the next verse? Now, okay, so what we can do is in our Christianity and what the enemy tries and puts on us is he puts on, you know, like a, it's a fear and it's a, oh, I'm not enough and I'm not measuring up. I'm failing in all these areas. Who's heard this narrative, right? It's the voice of the enemy. It's not the voice of the Lord, okay? But let's just have a look at the very next verse. The very next verse, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. And justified being just as if I'd never sinned. The enemy really tries and hits the believer in this area of righteousness because the righteous are as bold as lions, right? And so, you know, sometimes we can have these conversations with the Lord. Oh, God, I missed it again. Oh, Lord, I missed it again. Oh, you know, I'm not measuring up. But it's like the Lord will say, and next part, this. We've got to have our focus on this. Amen. The cross has got to be our focus. His grace. There's grace for every situation available. We have his weapons, his promises, his name, his strength, his victory, his right standing with the Father. It's almost too good to be true news, right? <laughs> All right, let's have a look at this. The Great Commission. And this is where I wanted to get to. Have you guys got your Bibles here? If everyone can pull out their Bibles, please. And I want you to highlight this verse. Or you can get your phone out, whatever you want to get out, so you get a notification that you've highlighted it. Matthew 28, 18 to 20. Matthew 28, 18 to 20. And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, some authority has been given. <laughs> All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. What a powerful line. Next verse, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptising them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all the things that I've commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even until the end of age. So, you know, the emphasis is on making disciples, right? And this is going to look like something different for every single one of us. You know, to have a, to, to make a disciple, you've actually got to walk with someone. You've got to be in relationship with someone. You know, you pour into them. You hold them up when, when they're feeling weak. You, you know, sharing the gospel with them. And I just believe even right now that the Lord's putting people on some of your hearts that you can really come alongside and walk as a disciple. Because when we talk about the church age and what the Lord had in mind, the job that the church would do, it was about making disciples. You know, I love those powerful moments in the street where, 
you know, say you pray for someone and they get healed and you might never see them again. They'll, you know, another seed will get sown in their life. And that is also amazing. But really, the power of the Great Commission is making disciples. It's doing life with people, right? It's having especially unsaved people. I'm not saying you get down onto their level and start drinking and partying. It's not that. It's just coming alongside them and and asking the Lord for that, you know, word of encouragement or that time, the right time to be able to share the gospel or whatever it is. And I'll just finish on this because, you know, the power in the Great Commission is that we're sent ones. And what do I mean by that? Okay, so Greg has a business and he has an account at Bunnings, right? Some of the staff will often go on Greg's behalf to buy something from Bunnings. It's Greg's account, but because he said they can go, then that's where the authority comes from. And so we as sent ones go into all the world and preach the gospel. The authority comes because the Lord told us to go, right? And, you know, we see this in Gideon. Gideon was hiding in the wine press, threshing the wheat, because of the, the Midianites, and it, it, there wasn't much boldness on him, I guess. But, you know, let's see what the Lord says in Judges six fourteen. Then the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? And that's how he had the victory. Amen? So we already have victory in this church. And, you know, just to close, I really believe that the Lord is looking for those who believe for a shift to happen, that, that we'll start believing him, not putting it on yourself. Don't put it on yourself. There's a grace. There's an authority. Amen. But those who would take up that invitation from God and say, hey, will you start believing for more than what you're currently seeing? Amen. Who wants that? Can we just all stand? Amen. Hallelujah. You know, there's no true hope for humanity outside the gospel. There's only one man that took our punishment, that took our sins. It's all about the gospel. Hallelujah. And, you know, I just want to read from Mark 2.17, and it says, And when Jesus heard, he said to them, Those who are strong and well have no need of a physician, but those who are weak and sick. For I did not come to call the righteous ones to repentance, but I came to call sinners who are not free from sin. Hallelujah. What a powerful message. And so, you know, if you're here this morning with every eye closed, with every head bowed, if you're here this morning and you say, I need that, you say, my life is not right right now because I'm not walking with the Lord Jesus and I want to receive the forgiveness that the gospel offers. To be absent with the body is to be present with the Lord. And you know, you don't want to go out of here not knowing that your life isn't right with the Lord Jesus. So just with every head bowed, every eye closed, I just want you to raise your hand. If that's you, there's no one looking, but if that's you, just pop your hand straight up so I can see it. And if you just say, I'd love to give my life to Jesus right now. 
right now I want to get right with him. Hands all the way up. And so this is for those who have never asked Jesus to come into their heart. If you've asked Jesus to come into your heart, you, you are saved. Amen. These, this is for those who have never asked Jesus to come into their life. Amen. We see those hands. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. All right, if you just raised your hands, we're just going to all pray a prayer together. And so this is a prayer that brings you out of the kingdom of darkness and out of the bondage of sin and into the kingdom of Jesus Christ and walking with Him and having relationship with Him. Hallelujah, and it'll be the best day. So if you just raised your hand, I'd like you to come forward. If you've never prayed this prayer before, please come forward. Be bold if you can. We want to celebrate with you because you're about to be born again. The Lord's got a gift here He wants to offer you. Hallelujah. If you don't want to come forward, that's okay. We'll all just pray this prayer together. Let's just say, Dear Jesus, I acknowledge that I'm a sinner and I ask for forgiveness today. I believe in my heart that you died on a cross and that you rose from the dead. And I just ask that you make my life new today. And I thank you that I'm now forgiven and free in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, hallelujah. That's what it's all about, church. Few people raised their hands that they didn't come up and that's okay, but this, that's actually why we're here as church, right? To get people born again. Hallelujah. And so, you know, I just want you to lift your hands as well. We're just going to ask the Lord for more. Just, just you know, that invitation, God's saying, hey, will you believe me for more? More than what you're currently seeing. So Father God, right now in the name of Jesus, we just thank you, Father God, that we are the sent ones, that you said, go therefore. Father, that you said, as the Father sends me, I also send you. Father God, we just thank you for increase. Lord, I just pray that the Holy Spirit would rest upon every single person like never before. Father God, because you wanna have a shift in broom. Lord God, you wanna shift in families. Lord God, you wanna shift in marriages. Lord God, you wanna shift in every area. And we just thank you, Father God, that it is a year of victory, Father God, for your kingdom. Lord God, that the devil's having a really bad year this year because your people are stepping up. And it's not by might, it's not by power, it's only by his spirit, church. So we just say, yes, Lord, what a joy. Father, more of you, Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Now we're just gonna go out with a song, church. If you'd like prayer, please come down. We'd love to pray with you if you want hands laid on you. And uh, God bless you all. Who was uh, touched by that word? Who felt a stirring in their hearts from, from heaven? Amen. That's really good. Praise the Lord.